Did you know that in countries outside the United States, the term 2020 vision is actually 6-6? That's because other countries use the metric system. Six meters is about 20 feet. For all the benefits of using the metric system, I gotta say, the phrase hindsight is 6-6 just doesn't have the same ring to it. That said, whoever coined the phrase hindsight is 2020 is, to my mind, a very powerful magician. It was never a reference to a glasses prescription. They were planting seeds for this year. This year, for many people, planning for the future became incredibly difficult. Foresight is fuzzier than ever. Our collective hindsight, however, is becoming ever clearer. Many of us have learned about the history of systemic racism and its ongoing effects. We've learned about systems of ever-increasing productivity that apparently weren't as necessary as they seemed. And individually, many of us have slowed down, began to notice our own behaviors, and how we repeat generational patterns of trauma and survival. We are not isolated. Everyone comes from somewhere. There is always a lineage. That's the theme of today's conversations, recognizing our connection to lineage. With Kendon Worley, we look back at how simple decisions have enormous reverberative effects that last a lifetime. And later, with Morgan Vanderpool, we'll explore how choice changes the future. We'll also make another important connection on what it means to be a local, of course. And later, I'll share intentions for the lineage of this very show and how you can share a voice to be heard. That's coming up on Wandering Locals. I started off, you know, in elementary school um, in music class, we were playing the xylophones. And so just being able to hit something, doing something with my hands, I really, really enjoyed. Um, but I was a bad kid. So <laughs> I would get in trouble a lot. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put my mind to it. But, you know, I enjoyed playing them and I was singing in choir for a little while. Um, but I hadn't taken music seriously quite yet. Um, I don't know, like the, the shape of that statement that you were, you're playing xylophone and got in trouble. Like, <laughs> come on now. Are you just playing too loud? Like, what are you doing? Well, see, they give you mallets. See, the mallets are to hit the instrument, not people. Not for- <laughs> 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 so I felt. I was I wasn't using the instruments how they're supposed to be used all the time, and so <laughs> that led me into some trouble. And uh, in choir, I like to play with the with the notes. I'd be singing, and I like to crack jokes. So I just even as a child, you know, there's people taking it seriously, and so when you're in a room of people and you're disrupting those people, you know, that's not okay. I don't want to make any excuse for that behavior, but hey, that's the voice of Kendon Worley. Kendon plays a lot of instruments, explores a lot of music. But if you've seen him in the streets of Tacoma, you've almost certainly seen him on his first love, the trumpet. Well, the first instrument I ever took seriously was the trumpet, you know. Um, I began playing that in sixth grade. Um, I was more, I guess you would say, the student athlete. I liked playing sports. I was into baseball, basketball, and football, made the teams. But... um, my mother wanted me to get into music. She said, you know, you got to have uh, something creative going on, something else to keep you busy, because I was just, I like to move around. I like to play around a lot. And so when I went to Kylo Middle School, and uh, so I signed up for band my six, my first year there. And I remember the first or second week of class, he, um, my band teacher had all the instruments laid out, and he would he'd play each one and show us how they were. And I... I can't remember what what I was leaning to, but I was thinking, okay, what's what can I play that's for me the easiest as possible? What'll be the easiest to learn? And so, I looked at the trumpet. I said, okay, that has the least amount of buttons and <laughs> twists and turns on it. Saxophone's got all these keys. The the flute's got all the pads. Clarinet, all the woodwind instruments. The brass. I thought the trombone. 
And it's like, I, I didn't see any way for the slide to stop. Um, yeah, full circle, I looked at the trumpet, said three vowels. Okay, I can do that. And uh, the moment we went to go pick up that first trumpet, I said, whew, this is going to be a time. <laughs> and picked up the mouthpiece. And <laughs> cracking my teeth on the metal. It's like, what do I, do I put it in my mouth, on the mouth? <laughs> what do I do? And... Uh, but I, I liked holding it. It was, for me, like holding a piece of brass like that, holding a, a precious piece of metal. I had never really, I, hadn't, I didn't value my toys. I didn't value my things that I played with. I was really just all over the place with things. But when I held that trumpet, I, you know, I didn't want to let it go. Because there was just so much to it, you know. I, I've just, I fell in love with it, and I started practicing for hours and hours and hours on end until it was dinner time. And then I'd be like, all right, I'm brush my teeth, go back and play some more until, you know, mom and dad says, hey, <laughs> shut it down.
What struck me throughout our conversation is how that one small choice Kendon made in sixth grade, a choice made by sorting available instruments by number of buttons, has connected him ever deeper to an entire universe, a completely new lineage. Because I always wonder, you know, if, I, if, if I'm going in, in uh, for lack of a better word, an honorable direction as far as the lineage of trumpet goes, because I'm constantly trying to keep a tradition in mind, keep uh, the cats that have played before me that know the, their way around this instrument, keep those in mind and, and put some respect to that. Um, there's one thing we talk about a lot also is uh, integrity. And so whenever I'm, I'm, I'm doing something, I'm trying to make sure that I have my intentions clear and I have my morals lined up <laughs> before I go out and step on with that trumpet so that I don't just step out senselessly just trying to play some music. I mean, I've stepped out just to play music, but I always try to, I always try to have a meaning behind what I'm playing. So, you know, I play a lot of the same songs. I like to dip into the American Songbook and the jazz standards. I'm going I'm to be playing those songs until I'm done playing trumpet, you know. And so I think for me it's important to enjoy what I'm doing but have a level of discipline and integrity at all, at all times and try to put that feeling into my music so that folks know that this, it's not just for play or just for fun. Like I, I want to be serious about what I'm doing. It's worth pointing out that he didn't inherit musical ability from his parents. They were not musically inclined. I do have to say that they were always supportive. Always, always supportive of it. You know, let me play into to the late hours when they knew they should be in bed. I, I should definitely be in bed. But I said, hey, we got a concert coming up. Or I have a solo in this song and I need to practice. And uh, they always honored that and made sure I had, you know, the equipment that I needed. I don't really know. I, was, I don't really know where it came from. I didn't see, because I, again, I didn't see myself playing music until, you know, 13, 14 years old. I thought, oh, I could maybe do this. And I really, really enjoy it. You know, I was finding myself listening to classical music and Bach and all this. Like, oh, mom, you didn't tell me about this. And she's like, I don't know about it. <laughs> and I'm finding all this. It was cool, you know, being able to have conversations about you know, I found myself getting into almost classic rock a little bit. So, like, I'd find bands like Guns N' Roses and ACDC with my friends um, that I was in band with. And uh, I'd be like, hey, Mom, you know about this one? And she, you know, I really enjoyed I, I found another way to, because even though, you know, they didn't have those musical backgrounds, music was still a language we could speak, and I could still find another way to connect with my folks and, and people I never thought that I would through music. Music is a language. Like any language, it has a history, a lineage, and is always changing from how people use it. So just, I want to get better. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm constantly trying to get better, constantly trying to clarify. Even now as we're speaking, I'm trying to clarify my ideas in a way that's, you know, can be interpreted. There's all, you never know who's listening or what they're listening for. And so the, all you can do is just do your best. It makes me want to make sure that I'm doing those warm-ups. So one thing I would never do before, almost ever, was warm up before a show, warm up before a sorry y'all, you know. <laughs> Everyone I played with, you know, I just kind of got up there and, and did it. But I'm finding now more that I, you know, if I warm up, I take that time to do my breathing. I take that time to ooh, do scales, do slurs, do do long, do the long tones that I settle so much more into my instrument. Even before I practice, I warm up before I practice. And then warm up, practice, play, or warm up and play. Um, I, I like that. doing those rudiments and fundamentals and getting back to the basics, really. Getting back to the basics. I know for a lot of us, that's 2020 in a nutshell. What I gathered from this conversation with Kendon is that there's a point to the basics, the warm-ups, the individual practice and reflection. It's so that we can bring a better version of ourselves to a collaborative effort. When I bring another person in, it's always another, another layer, another element to the music, another element of just my own thoughts. Because a lot of times when I collaborate with people on music, most of the time that we spent planning or talking is not about that music. <laughs> it's just about the ideas and just whatever we, we do in our lives. And with that, here's a piece from Kendon Worley. 
Hey everyone, Kendon here. I just wanted to say thank you to Wandering Locals and thank you to all of you for supporting this podcast series. We really, really do appreciate it. I know this year has been difficult for so many of us, so I would like to offer a moment of silence for us to reflect, to be thankful, and to think about those who can't be with us today. Thank you so much. Peace. That's Kendon Worley. Links to more from Kendon are available in the show notes for this episode. Next up, Morgan Vanderpool. Last episode, I mentioned how it took a long time to realize the central premise of this podcast. What does it mean to be a local? Through circumstances of scheduling, Morgan was my final interview and became the first artist I was able to ask that question of directly. Their answer was mm, rich with goodness and left me excited to continue on this journey with more artists. But before we get to that answer, let's talk about looking to the future and the importance of FaceTiming with kids during a pandemic. And so even though on some days, some of the, you know, more, the more heavy days of the pandemic, like it feels like I'm in fucking Groundhog's Day and I want to slam my head against a brick wall. But when I surrender to that seed, what I notice opens up are like random opportunities to be able to pop over and be able to hold a baby with my friend that's in our pod, you know, or like be able to catch a FaceTime and remember to like call my friend with kids and like be able to really witness them growing up as best as I can. Um, like, and nurture, if I really invested in being a good ancestor, like nurturing the, the generations that are going to come after, um, the ones that I'm invested in, you know? We talked about what that means to be a good ancestor, to recognize your place in lineage. From, from my time out in Pine Ridge um, with Lakota elders, there's a, a few activists that use the term now, like, you know, we're our ancestors' wildest dreams. Like, we are the progeny that has survived whatever our ancestors didn't. Um, and whatever, but also their resilience is planted in us. Um, and I want to be mindful about what kinds of, like, forms of resilience and love and strength I'm investing forward because my genes will carry forward rough estimates seven generations. And so I want to grow relationships that have the kind of impact that I want to see bud and bloom. And the, the health and relationships of the community as they're raising babies is part of the genetic makeup. And I do plan to have babies in my own womb. The health of relationships and the community as they're raising babies affects our genetic makeup. This wasn't in response to the local question. That comes later. But damn. We are all involved in each other's lineage. I wish I had asked for more on that topic, but instead I asked a more obvious question based on Morgan's last bit about looking to have babies of their own. Oh, honey, I've been looking probably since like, since I first got married in my early 20s, for sure. I've been on a mission. Is there a feedback form, an application process, a, a, a website I need to go to? Like, what's in case anybody's listening right now and is like, "Oh yeah, Morgan Vanderpool, that's <laughs> let's make a baby." Um, the first quip answer was, "Go ahead and DM me," and the second was that like, I I represent a really interesting conjuncture of like how I want to live in the world, and I think it takes a lot of like unique coalescing of energies to be able to like, I don't know, match up on the values that I, first and foremost, the values that I'd want to create family with. Um, and being a non-binary queer, polyamorous, like radical, lead, politicized human, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting niche in the world. And I want to raise my babies in a multilingual space in community and not everybody wants to live in collective um, or can tolerate it or have the bandwidth for it or are interested in it. Um, and I'm kind of nomadic. I can be kind of nomadic. So that's also another thing that not everybody is. Morgan has this clear sense of their own orientation towards relationship in community. This affects everything in their life, including 
their artistic process. The upcoming piece they've shared with us, called Co-Liberated Bodies, works as an audio experience because it is built around a variety of voices sharing poetry with music tying them together. The video experience, if you can check it out, includes some glorious dancing from folks who identify as dancers, as well as those who simply chose to express themselves with dance in that moment. Since we're here in the audio experience, I'll have Morgan describe the setting for you and then connect that back to their artistic process and choice-based relationships. There are like three cement and wood structures of a previous building or platform that existed on the coast there um, that like the one that's a little away from the coast is only accessible at low tide. Uh, but they turn into like three stages and then one stage has like three or four different levels to it. So the opportunity for like angle and diversity of filming and like places where like, cause each dancer got to choose if they want to dance on cement, do they want to dance on wood? Do they want to dance on earth? Do they want to dance on the rocks? Do they want to dance on the water? Like as a, like a trauma sensitive and liberation based principle is that choice and like being able to choose freely um, and how everybody wanted to participate was a big place. Like I spent more time being a conductor rather than like a movement choreographer. So I was like, here's your options. How do you want to use your options? This idea of being a conductor rather than a choreographer, of offering space and choice rather than giving people a script, is precisely the kind of leadership I want to discover in my experience of Tacoma and practice in the lineages to which I am inextricably linked. This serves as the foundation for the whole piece. It's based off of the principle around, like, our bodies carry both the site of harm and the resolution of harm, and that harm happens, or the opposite of liberation, calling it harm or trauma, like, happens in relationship and needs to be healed in relationship. We can't do it in isolation, so it has to be an act of collaboration. A big piece of that is being able to like make choices about self-expression that are present moment focused, um, tied with natural and predictable rhythms, and give like honoring respect or homage to all of your identities that you hold um, and their lineages. Um, and my intention was was to highlight folks of culture and color, particularly queer and trans artists. Um, who are already using their bodies and their art as forms of activism to be able to bring attention to what it means to heal within a, um, a culture that is founded on colonialism, slavery, and perpetuated by racism and capitalism and all of the other isms of, and phobias um, and norms that, you know, cause violence, um, cause us to other one another um, and be able to, you know, other and cause harm granted like the mycelial nature of our interconnectedness like we're we're still connected with each other but to like purposely create space where we're coming together for the purpose of telling the story of liberation during a time in which we're isolated and, and shut in was i think particularly important one of the things that has been the most beautiful about it is the feedback from the artists who participated around like feeling reawoken in their purpose for creation. Probably one of the coolest collages that I'll probably ever make and that we made together. And now for Co-Liberated Bodies, originally recorded in collaboration with Barefoot Dance Collective, another Tacoma Arts organization. There's some text on screen at the beginning of this video, which I'll read for you. We dance amidst the complexity of the legacy of violent colonialism. We dance in deep reverence of the depth of the survivorship of the Puyallup tribe, the original peoples of the land where this film was created. We dance to create embodied relationships in which we take on the work to decolonize our relationship with ourselves, each other, and Mother Earth. We dance to build nervous systems robust enough to engage in anti-colonialist action and access to co-liberation. Let me be clear, I am not here to climb a social ladder. I only care for the impact that I believe matters. You see, I am nothing from nowhere special, but I do care for clean air. We all deserve to thrive here. Without fear, it's clear. We live free or die inside. So wake up to another try. 
Or will you stand by a watcher as what unfolds comes to pass? I like what liberation tastes like. She's the sweetness that clusters on the tongue when we least expect it. The tang of cool lemon water after being parched in the night. The startling sensation of spices married in a dish that you never imagine. With those flavors, she can soothe parts of us that we didn't know existed. Liberation can offer up delicate aromas that slowly intoxicate, or she can slam into us like the hottest salsa we've ever encountered. All we know is that she is who we craved since we first suckled on our mama's breast. Her signature was engraved on our childhood lunch boxes. It just took a while for us to savor the meaning. Liberation's recipe frees all that was stuck, releasing centuries of glued-on habits of oppression. When we were without sufficient imagination to connect deeply with other beings, the majority of whom are squished by similar pain. Her textures are unpredictable, sometimes rough as a bramble patch that require prayers to the ancestors for the way out to be perceived and revealed. Sometimes as slippery as a well-lubricated birth canal pulsating with anticipation of a new soul on the verge. Her sounds are the uninhibited shrieks of crows, the howls of those released from centuries of trauma, and the chortles of those who know we are only here for an instant. We can feel her in our bodies if we just stop and listen for a minute. She sits waiting for our call with the promise that all roads are open. Every dish is welcome, the bounty more than sufficient for those who come to feast. All of it, yes, all of it, so we can just hum in sync with the universe's calling. The concept and conception, is it a blessing or an infection? An encrypted message inspired by hope for those anticipating the serenity of heaven? Who can know other than those that have truly traveled the tunnels of light? Those that have struggled the struggles of life and juggled the double-bladed knives? To live and die by the sword, to live and die before we're born, but if we die to live on, then tell me why when we die, why do we cry? Why do we mourn, try to absorb? We're torn between initiatives and helplessness, between beliefs and selfishness, between dreams and helplessness, but on the scales of humanity, we are all guilty as charged. You see, we are all career criminals. We are all convicted felonists, but not only that, because we are mentally trapped, physically trapped, blindly thinking the enemy's black, misconceiving the facts. So this evening, just act like you care about more than materialism and cash. Because it really isn't a chance to exist when we damage our kids before the blast of cool air invades their lungs and threatens to challenge the elasticity of their ribs. It's been said that I like empathy, but I simply like empathy for those that expect it. I'll stay uncorrected and unaffected by the concept in conception, destined to be repelled by my desire and affection for my people's resurrection. Forever stressing must be part of my genetic makeup, so I'll take up the task of spreading this word to give you this epileptic shakeup, this hypnotic wake-up. So when I count to three and snap my fingers, will awake from this trance-like state and all the walls that cage us will finally crack and break up. One, two, three. You need to wake up.
this to mean much but I had spirit before I had anything and it was my belief in it that allowed me to turn my cream into butter now I can sustain me based on the chemistry fired to make my beliefs a reality allowing me to have sovereignty now I am the priority this allows me to tend to the we Thank you, membranes, my brains, for having what it takes. Got bread, made butter, now she spreads, gives me head. Shake and bake, born again. In the end, brown bitty strikes, hi-ya! Breathes in, moans, and grins. Rough hands I always start with, worn down by my own fireside where every burning teacher teach me, and bear me wounds I salt the earth in, wear canyons where I leave a little bit of myself behind. Rock quarry mined once too many times, now swimming hole. Sky come spit me out and deliver me. Here I've been birthed red and wide-eyed from this churning land. And we bow to each other like a truce from climbing up the chariot of my body, humble as an earthquake. Cattails shaking with my exhale, out to a sea of dirt I see myself in. All grace I call my atoms back. All storm I swirl take shelter in to dance the fulcrum dance and watch my shadows spin again. healing through moving through the world in a way that aligns with my healthiest relationship with all of the isms. Breath moves through me, carrying the wisdom and the pain of my ancestors, their brilliance and their ignorance. My body has frozen and fond to the authorities I no longer trust who never held me safe anyway. Exhala, mijite. Be here now and feel the crushing sensation in your bones, muscles, and soul of the violent reality of now. And dig deep, exhale all of the way. Draw from within to ripple the movement out through your limbs to reach for those who will co-labor for the evolution of the revolution. 
I'm done fighting back my tears, I now choose to embrace them. My demons, I done faced them. I no longer internalize hatred. I'm tremendously grateful, so I always say thank you. Absolutely appreciative. Just know that I'm thankful for all the blessings this universe provided. Look toward the future, never short-sighted. Embrace opportunities, never indecisive, never undecided because no task is too giant. What we focus on expands, so for me, I choose to focus on statements of I am, I can, I will, I do, I want, I love, because our thoughts become things, so I believe in my dreams. I have control over my own reality, enjoying the positive energies of those who share my same mentality. Good vibes is what I choose to surround me. I practice meditation, allowing for me to maintain my consciousness. So I remain an optimist. Your girl don't quit, I do the exact opposite. Failure is not a consequence. I use what I learned to propel like a rocket ship. There is no limitations for ambition and confidence. I set my goals and then I accomplish them. Treasure the gifts I've been given, all the souls who listen to my poetry, the words I speak stemming from my intuition, emitting an aura of abundance and love so I glisten. No longer holding on to negative beliefs, Practice what I preach, live what I teach, like she is me. I close my eyes and I still see. I'm tapped into the frequency. But nah, I'm not perfect. Sometimes I slip up, but I always get up. Don't beat myself up, instead show myself love. Remember, setbacks lead to breakthroughs, so when adversity is present, prefer to say thank you. Practice what you preach, tap into the frequency. Peace. As I've said multiple times, I think this time I've been like, I can die happy. Like I did the thing. I hope I get to do that over and over and over again because it's pure ecstasy. But like, I did something that I've been thinking about for years. And that means I know that like there have been also the co-creation of all of the other brains that came together, bodies that came together to create the piece, that they have all of that too. Like we brought all of it. So fucking cool, you know? Yes, Morgan, I do. I highly encourage you to check out the full video if you can. As always, there's a link in the show notes. By the time I got to interview Morgan, I'd finally figured out the question at the root of our journey. What does it mean to be a local? And after watching their art and hearing the clarity of their approach, I was excited to hear their answer, and I was not disappointed. To be a good guest and be a good host. Like local, to me, has a connotation of belonging. Um, and at the same time, um, I also feel myself deeply being like a guest, um, on like the ancestral lands of the Coast Salish people and the tribe that's now called Skalma. And so particularly as a white person with a settler's history, like I am like a guest that has the, you know, responsibility to be a good steward of, of life where I live, um, as best as I can. And so I think a big learning for me and one of the reasons why I've stayed in Tacoma instead of leaving because I could have lived in Colombia or or in Puerto Rico or moved back to California at any point. Um, And I chose to stay because there's something about Tacoma that like does weave a sense of belonging even though we've had like a really conflictual history um, that I find to be kind of unique Um, or at least I feel uniquely connected to how it works here in ways that I haven't felt in other places that I've been as strongly. Um, And it might've been that the first things that I did when I came here was to be a part of a, of a dance company that had been built around movement accessibility. And so I knew that the creatives here were, well invested in being like inviting and inclusive um, to offer that sense of belonging. And so I think I've been received, even though I'm a transplant by folks who have been here a long time. Um, I have been told that you need like need to have lived here for like 10 years by people who identify as local to commons, but after 10 years, like, all right, we can give you a head nod. So if we hold true to that, then I got the head nod. I'm, I'm almost 13 years in. So here's what I'm gathering today. Being a local is being a good host and a good guest. Being a local comes with the responsibility of becoming a good steward of life where we live. 
and I interpret that broadly. Life means neighbors, life means lineage, life means the land and sea. Being a good steward makes me think of what Kendon said earlier, seeking to move in an honorable direction, to be clear about intentions, to build integrity in relationship to our lineage. These are the rudiments that allow us to bring our best selves to collaborative efforts. And I found it particularly interesting to acknowledge that being a local has, in Morgan's words, a connotation of belonging. We all want to feel like we belong, all of us. Maybe being a local is figuring out how to make that belonging for all a reality. And that is some 2020 vision. That's our show today, and it's our last episode in this first batch of four. If you're interested in helping make future episodes or know someone we should feature, stick around for details on that, as well as, of course, serendipity shoutouts from Morgan and Kendon. Uh, I have so much gratitude, again, for the folks that have helped put this together. Uh, organization help from Zach, audio engineer Austin. Uh, of course, I'm your host, Kanik Bafost. Gratefulness to our artists, Kendon Worley and Morgan Vanderpool, for sharing of themselves for this project. Uh, links to their social media accounts, their websites, and more, all in the show notes. Uh, thanks to the Wanderers in the Wandering Locals Collective for feedback and listening to me blather on about so much of this stuff. Thanks to our patrons. Uh, the Tacoma Arts Commission was fundamental in getting this episode made, these first four episodes made. And maybe you as a patron. Uh, Anchor.fm slash wandering locals is a way that you can support us. There's a support button there. There's also a message button if you want to record a bit of your own voice and have your voice included on a future episode. I would love to hear if you were inspired or uplifted or challenged by any of the things that you've heard in these first few episodes. And I'm going to go to serendipity shout outs next and then come back and talk a bit about where we're headed. So Here's hoping that these people hear these messages from Morgan and Kendon. Shakim, Shakim, I missed you dearly in being part of the dance film. I was so excited that you're going to be able to be a part of it. And I wish you all of the like wonderfully rhythmic, fast moving romantic lyrics that pour out of your mouth. Um, and I wish you and your baby all the best. Okay, there's a name keeps crossing my mind and it's a... Uh... It's a brother I miss dearly. We uh, we played in a, a band together, and, a, and um, he actually joined me on that on that show at the Stink Cheese and Meat. Um, the uh, this person is a saxophone player <laughs> and a bad one too. My goodness, I've seen them play the drums, I've seen them play rock music, pop. I've seen them play all styles of music, and it's someone that's always willing to to give you a lesson, to chat with you about music. This person. Uh, has been there, has supported me, you know, emotionally at, at several times too in context that I, I could have dealt with better, but they understood and, and they helped me and we continued playing music. Um, but this is a great person to me and a, a great friend. Um, and that's Brady McCowan. Shout out <laughs> and, uh, to Brady Shout out, shout out Brady. Um, when I listen to Brady play, it makes me smile. I don't know what it is about, about, about his playing. It's, it's, it's like... <laughs> Whether he's playing jazz, whether he's playing with a band, or whether he's playing solo with another trumpet. At any context that I've seen him play, I've seen him play at a at a Thai restaurant on Valentine's Day. It's like, oof, this is it. This brother's soulful. This just soulful, soulful, soulful person. And um, but in even his sound on wax, I listen to recordings of, you know, stuff that is put out. It's like, yeah, I still get that same feeling like that's Brady's sound. And I know it, it's got such a personal sound. And um, it really touches you because I see he'll. I, I, I think he's got this natural empath that when he's playing, he can. He'll play, He's playing for people. He's playing for you. Okay, 
still here? Cool. This far in, after the end of the show, you've spent this many hours with us, I'm assuming it's because you want more. The thing is, I don't know what you want more of. And so I'm asking you in this moment to share that with us, whether publicly or privately, you don't have to do it on social media, though that would be great if you did. One, share with us something you've liked about the show so far, and two, one idea you have for a future episode. That can be an artist that you think we should talk to, or a question or topic that we should address, or an idea for a segment that we haven't tried. That's up to you. Just share those two things with us. You can share it on Facebook, tag Wandering Locals, on Instagram, tag Wander Tacoma. You can share it directly with us privately on wanderinglocals.com. There's a f- direct feedback form at the bottom of every page. We may screenshot those responses uh, and remove any identifying information and share those on our own platforms. And all of this ties into, obviously, the idea of publicity which is one of the five values that we established as a Wandering Locals Collective back in February of 2020, back before we had any idea what 2020 was going to look like. Uh, publicity was, was one, of the, one of those five values that we, we had in addition to equity and inclusion, accessibility, flexibility, and of course, artist compensation, all of which, of course, we are committed to continuing in the expression of this show. But the, the, that fifth one, publicity, is the one that we need the most help with, and we need that help from you. We're putting about 15 to 20 hours of collaborative effort into each of the episodes that we've made so far. And so for us to continue to put that level of effort into a show like this, especially without any certainty on where our financial support will come from, it's really important that we know that there's a value to the show as it exists. So here's the deal. We've had 200 plays of this show so far, according to the metrics that I'm able to see. If just 12 of you will take the time to share as requested something that you've liked and an idea for the future, then we will figure out how to make another episode. And we'll go from there. I think 12 is an achievable number. I think it's a little bit of an aggressive number. And I think we can get there. Because this is how we do it, y'all. This is how we create a growable, sustainable show in an attention economy by conversationally, collaboratively determining the value of what is there so that we know how to focus our future efforts. And I'm hoping that at least a few of you, 12 of you, will choose to grace us with that gift. One thing you like, one idea for the future, and we'll keep going. It's been quite a ride. Um, I just want to hear at the end in this tag, just give one more shout out to, of gratitude to each artist who made this possible and what I've personally gleaned from, from their example, being on the show from, from Morgan, the reminder to be a conductor, not a choreographer from Kendon, the reminder that all I can do is my best from L the reminder to work with respect for my mental health from Mike, the, the talking about the absurdity of doing being preferable to the absurdity of not doing from Lester that glorious reminder that we can do our best work in times of turmoil from Austin sharing that story of posting to random strangers on the internet and finding collaboration on the other side of the planet surely we can do this here locally from Angie that reminder to love myself even in the smallest moments. And of course, from Bethany, be light, French toast. The reminder that doing something works. And that's it. That's the end of our show for now. Thank you so much for your time and attention. I know just how deeply valuable it is. Until next time, let's learn to live together a little more intentionally.